Thank you for listening to this message from the pulpit of New Grace Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. We hope the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you and your family. Today is what uh, most Christians believe or know call uh, Palm Sunday. Uh, Palm Sunday is the day that we remember Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Of course, he had told his disciples beforehand that he was going to set his face towards Jerusalem. He was going to go to Jerusalem. And as he enters the city, uh, there's an incredible outpouring of support and praise for him. Uh, When you look at the Palm Sunday uh, record, uh, he's coming in the city. He's riding on a donkey because the Bible said he would. And as he's coming in, the, the, the people have gathered to welcome him. And they're, they're singing Hosanna. They're singing his praises. Now, Hosanna literally means you are the Messiah. They are recognizing him as who he has claimed to be. He is the Messiah. He is the chosen one. He is the one God has sent to redeem them. And, of course, they're, they're throwing their coats down. They're throwing palm branches down. They're, they're worshiping him. And the Pharisees, of course, get very angry with this. They've, they've been mad at Jesus for everything he's done. he's done. Because everything he has done has stolen a little bit of their power stolen a little bit of their their followers. So they're very angry with Jesus, but they see this and it infuriates them. And they tell Jesus, man, you need to shut these people up, tell them to stop praising you. And Jesus says, look, I can make them stop. But if I make them stop praising me, the rocks are going to praise me because I am God the Father. Now, Palm Sunday um, begins what we call the Holy Week. Uh, And there's a, a lot of events that happened during the Holy Week that we, we take this time uh, this week to really remember. Right after Jesus comes into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, he goes to the, the temple and he, he makes a whip and he whips the, the money changers, flips over tables, again angering the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The next day uh, in Holy Week is called Maudie Thursday. Uh, this is historically when we remember or think that Jesus observed the final Passover with his apostles. It's this day that Peter and John, they go and they they get the the sacrificial lamb, they get the upper room, and this is when Jesus washes their feet. This is when Jesus observes Passover with them. And then, of course, he institutes the Lord's Supper. This is when Jesus uh, tells Judas that he will betray him. This is when Jesus tells Peter, you will deny me. This is the night that he, he walks with the, the apostles. He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he, he's so, so burdened down with, with what is coming to him, with the, the, the rejection of the Father he's going to have to face, with the, the wrath of God that he's going to have to endure for our sins. And he, he tells Peter and John, says, just, just pray with me for a while. And he, he's praying, and he's, he's bleeding great drops of blood. It's this night that he's arrested because of Judas' betrayal. That Judas comes and kisses him on the cheek and betrays him with a kiss. And he's, he's arrested, not by the Roman guards, he's arrested by the religious leaders' guards. The Jewish police force, they arrest him. They put him through a, a mock trial and they take him before Pilate. And then we come to what we know as Good Friday. Good Friday is the day that we remember His death on the cross. We remember His his beating, His scourging, 
the fact that his, his beard was ripped from his face, that a crown of thorns was placed on him, that he was marched up to Golgotha, and he was laid out nude and beaten and bloodied and nailed to a cross and hung between heaven and earth, and he, he bled and he died for our sins. Then, of course, the next day on the Holy Week is Easter Sunday. That's the day we, we celebrate and we remember that, yes, he did die for our sins, but he, he didn't stay dead. Three days later, as his followers go to the tomb, not to witness the resurrection, but to mourn his death, to prepare his body properly for burial. But the tomb is empty, the stones rolled away, and he's no longer there. We remember that Jesus Christ, yes, he died for us, but he's alive today. He rose again three days later, he ascended to God the Father 40 days later, and he is alive today with God the Father, and he's going to be alive for the rest of eternity. Now today, as we prepare our hearts for Easter, I want to look at the events of Good Friday. Because a lot happened on Good Friday. We kind of gloss over, brush over. We look at the, the scourging. We look at the whipping. We look at the, the crucifixion. But a lot went into that day that had to go into that day for the events to happen. And here's the thing. As we look at the events, you could look at it skeptically and say, man, this is a lot of coincidences. There are no coincidences with God. Everything that, Because the things that happened on Good Friday happened at a specific time in the Jewish religious calendar because it had to for a specific purpose. Now, there's a lot of debate, especially in the, the Baptist community. We Baptists like to argue about everything that is irrelevant. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna argue about any you know you know I've 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 read articles I haven't read them because I think they're they're stupid and not worthy of my time but I've seen people write long articles about why you should use a wooden pulpit to preach behind because Nehemiah preached on a pulpit of wood and if you got a plexiglass pulpit you ain't right with God bless God we argue about the dumbest things one of the biggest arguments that they especially this time of year and you'll see it on Facebook. People will argue, Jesus died, did Jesus die on Friday? Or did Jesus die on Wednesday? Because they're like, well, you can't get three days from Friday to Sunday. And there's like, well, historically, with the Jewish day, you could get three days between Friday. Here's the thing. Did Jesus die on Friday? Or did Jesus die on Wednesday? It doesn't matter, because he rose on Sunday. So whether you count three days from Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, I don't care. I know he died. He was in the grave three days. How you how how God or Jesus or the Jews or you count those days does not matter to me because he rose again on Sunday morning. After studying it a lot and studying the historical calendar, I think he did die on Friday because a lot of events had to happen on Friday for for this to, this to happen the way that it did. So, But whether it was Friday or Wednesday or Thursday or Monday, I don't care. He died, and three days later, he rose again from the day, from the, from the grave. But I want to start reading in Mark chapter 15. <clears throat> Let's look at verse number 1. We're going to read the first 15 verses here. And straightway, now of course Jesus has been arrested. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples praying, Peter, uh, the, uh, they come 
to arrest him. Peter, of course, hacks off a guard's ear, but Jesus already told him, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. Uh, and of course he does. He goes to the trial. So the trial with the Jews has already happened. Peter has already denied him three times. The cock has, cr- you know, the, the rooster has crowed. Peter realizes what he's done. He goes out, he weeps bitterly. Judas has already hung himself. Now the Jewish leaders have taken Jesus to Pilate, a Roman governor. Verse 1, a straightway in the morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answering said unto him, Thou sayest it. Now, if you really look at it in the Greek, you know, he says, what it was saying is, Pilate says, Are you really the king of the Jews? And Jesus is saying, Well, you said I was, so I guess I am. Uh, so he's really not, he's not answering yes or no. He's not really. He's not defending himself at all. He's basically saying, that's what they're accusing me of. Are you king of the Jews? That's what they're saying I am. So he's not defending himself. And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. And Pilate asked him again, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many things they witnessed against thee. But Jesus yet answered nothing. So Pilate marveled. Now at that feast, he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him and had committed murder in the insurrection. And a multitude crying aloud began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. But Pilate answered answered them, saying, Will you that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. But the chief priests moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. And Pilate answering and said, said again unto them, What will then I shall do unto him whom you call king of the Jews? And they cried again, Crucify him. Then Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil hath he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, Crucify him. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. Now, the irony of the of Good Friday is the events are anything but good to those who witnessed it. The Jewish political leaders and the Jewish religious leaders uh, of that day, they had put their plan into motion to kill Jesus. They'd seen enough of his, of, of his miracles. They'd heard enough of his teachings. They, they'd, they were tired of him taking their followers, of him turning people against them. And so they're like, you know what? Enough's enough. This guy's got to go. We have to figure out some way to kill him. But because they were under Roman rule, they had no authority to do that. They couldn't just murder him they'd be in trouble. They couldn't convict him of some religious crime and then kill him because the Romans wouldn't have allowed it. So they had to, they had to do something. They had to figure out how to condemn him to death. And so they decided to use the Romans to do it. And so now in Mark chapter 15, we don't get a full picture, but if you read all four Gospels, we kind of get a, a more full 
picture of the story that happens here. So they bring Jesus to Pilate. And they, they accuse him of being king of the Jews. Now, Luke tells us that they bring other charges against him, that they tell Pilate he's, he's misleading the nation against Caesar. Basically, they're saying, hey, he's trying to start a rebellion against Caesar. He's, he's telling people not to pay their taxes to Caesar. And he's, he's telling people that he's a true king and Caesar's an imposter. But they bring these charges before Pilate, and Pilate, in other gospel rec- uh, stories, he, he talks to Jesus, he examines him. And the Bible says three times, he says, this man is innocent. This, he's done nothing wrong. He's completely innocent. Now, if you read Luke, the, 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 he goes to the crowd and he goes, he's innocent, what should I do with him? And they're, they're again asking to crucify him, and then he has him scourged and says, now is that enough? Because he figured if I punish this guy severely, maybe they'll, they'll be like, well, that's enough. But no matter what he does, they continue to, to want him to die. Now, <clears throat> so uh, it seems like a, a cut and dry case when you bring it to Pilate. Hey, this guy, he's, he's trying to cause a rebellion. He's telling people don't pay taxes. He's telling people that he's the one true king. But he, he doesn't see any guilt in him. He recognizes, man, the, the Jewish leaders just don't like this guy. He's not causing me any problems. He's not causing Rome any problems. But they they hate him. And they're just trying to use me to convict him and to to do their dirty work. Now, historically, this is why I believe uh, Good Friday actually happened on a Friday. Historically, during this time, the Romans always carried out their executions on Fridays. And they did it very early in the morning because... They knew, according to Jewish law, they would have to have the criminals down. Now, they didn't care about Jewish law. They didn't, you know, it was irrelevant to them whether someone died on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. They didn't care. But they did want to keep the people they were controlling happy. They didn't want an insurrection. So, like, well, so for, to keep them happy, we'll make sure that we carry out all executions on Friday, that they're done, and everything is cleaned up before sundown on Friday, because sundown on Friday begins the Sabbath, which is Saturday on the Jewish calendar. So like we've got to be done on Friday before the sundown, have everything cleaned up. That way, you know, we're still executing people, we're still you know, following laws and obeying our laws, but we're not offending the Jews. So Friday was considered a day of death. And on this day, the Roman officials, they had three criminals who were condemned to death. Two, two thieves we don't know anything about. We know one of them rejected Jesus, one of them accepted Jesus. That's all, that's all we know. Of. We don't know their names. We don't know their, their truth. I hope their crime that they were convicted and murdered for wasn't just robbery. That's a little extreme in my opinion, but hey, Romans do what Romans want to do. So they had three criminals, two thieves who we don't know a whole lot about, and then Barabbas. Now, we also don't know a whole lot about Barabbas. We know he's a rebel. We know that in his desire to cause a rebellion, he murdered people. But that's all we know from Scripture. History documents tell us a little bit more about him. Not only had he killed Romans in this insurrection, he'd murdered Jews in this insurrection. Jews that he didn't think were on his side. Not only was he an 
a murderer and a rebel. History, historical documents tell us he was a, a thief and a rapist. This is a bad guy. We today would probably look at Barabbas, who's, who's stealing from people, he's murdering people, he's raping people, all because he feels like it. No matter what your view is on the death penalty, we would all say, that guy's got to go. He doesn't belong in society. He doesn't belong with all of us. So Barabbas is a bad guy. He deserves what's coming. So three criminals have been convicted. Three crosses have been prepared for these three people sitting in prison waiting to die. All three of these men have been through a legal trial. They went through the Roman judicial system. They had representation. They had their own lawyer kind of at the time. They went through the trial. They were convicted and they were sentenced because of their crimes. Jesus has been put through a mock trial by the Jews. He's never one time put through a Roman trial. He's put through a false trial. False witnesses are brought before him, are, are brought to, to tell lies about him. He doesn't get a lawyer. He doesn't get representation. He doesn't stand before a jury of his peers. It's a mock trial with false witnesses. No proof, all because they hate him. Now, the Jews want to condemn him as well. But Pilate, he can't find any justification to do it. He's like, I, I've, I've talked to him. I've, I've spoken with him. I don't find any guilt in Jesus. Now, usually, historians again tell us that during this, during this time period in history, executions were carried out first thing in the morning. Sun came up, you were nailed to a cross. Crucifixion started very, because the Romans, again, they wanted to give the prisoners plenty of time to suffer and die. Their, 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 their executions were not humane. You know, like, of course, in, in, in our time, you know, we, we try to make it very humane. Got, and now people, oh, well, we don't know if the, the, the lethal injection is actually painless, which, look, I don't want people to suffer, but I'm also like, I don't think they made sure their victims were not suffering a lot of pain when they, they killed them. So why are we there? Uh, anyway, I've got some mixed emotions on the death penalty. But the Romans wanted to make sure you suffered incredibly. So they put you on the cross very early so you would suffer as long as possible and then they would come through and break your legs to make sure you died before the sun went down so they could have you off the cross cleaned up and taken care of before the Sabbath began. Jesus kind of threw a wrench in their plans. Because of Jesus, the crucifixions that should have happened early on in the morning are postponed. Which, kind of put yourself in the position of the other three condemned criminals. You know it's coming. You know the sun comes up, the guards are going to come, they're going to take you out, they're, they're going to march you up the hill, you're going to have to carry your own cross, they're going to nail you to that cross, hang you up, and you're going to hang there for six to twelve hours before you either suffocate or they break your legs and make you suffocate. You know what's coming, but the sun comes up and Nobody really comes to, to get you. 
Because Jesus has kind of thrown a, a wrench into things. The crowd has gathered to protest that Jesus be crucified. And that, that doesn't happen. On crucifixion day, there's, there's usually no crowds gathered at the palace or at the prison. They're just, they just take them out and do it. And then people come to the, cruci- to, the, to the crosses to watch them die. But not this many people. This is a very weird situation. And so the same crowd that, you know, just a few days before were praising Jesus, saying, Hosanna, He's the Messiah. We, we believe Him. We want Him to, to be our ruler. And now sitting out there in front of Pilate's palace saying, we hate this guy, kill this guy, murder this guy. But again, Pilate says, I don't, I don't have any justification to do it. They weren't prepared for what's happening. But Pilate... He had an out. There was a, a custom at this time. Now, he didn't have to do it. You know, a lot of people say, oh, he had to do it. No, he didn't have to do it. But there was a custom at the time where if they had a, a particularly, diff, you know, a, a, a kind of a very popular prisoner, not someone who's murdered or, or, or raped or caused a rebellion, but a religious leader that the Jews loved to kind of appease the Jewish people, during the Holy Week, after Passover, the Roman governor could come to the Jewish people and say, hey, look, y'all can choose one prisoner to go free. And they would always choose the one they favored. They wouldn't choose the thieves. They wouldn't choose Barabbas. Barabbas. The Romans hated him. The Jews hated him. He was a bad guy deserving. Pilate knew if I give him a chance, maybe they'll choose Jesus. Because who's going to pick Barabbas? Who's going to pick the murderer? Who's going to pick the rapist? Who's going to pick the rebel? Who's going to pick the guy everybody hates? They'll pick. And so Pilate figures, hey, this will. My hands are free. It's not on me. It's on the Jews. So the religious leaders can't get mad at me. They got to get mad at their own people. Plus, if they do. By some weird coincidence, which again, there are no coincidences, if they do choose Jesus to crucify instead of Barabbas, my hands are clean of it. My conscience is free of the guilt. Because Pilate could have chosen any of the three prisoners to put up against Jesus, but he picks Barabbas. Barabbas was a menace to society. He's a, a, a terrorizing the Jews and the Romans. To his surprise, though, they choose Barabbas. Now, I want, to put your, I want you to put yourself in Barabbas' shoes for a minute. Now, I know the video, he's on the stage with them. It wasn't the case. History tells us that he was probably just in his cell waiting with the other two convicted felons to be carried away and executed. But the morning doesn't go as planned, and suddenly Barabbas is in his cell, and he hears the crowd chanting his name. Barabbas! Now, he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't have any idea what is going on right now that Pilate's saying, hey, pick Jesus or pick Barabbas. He just, man, there's a, and this is unusual. He's like, they hate me that much that they've Come to the prison to chant my name. Then he hears them just say, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Then he hears the guards start coming down 
the, the hallway. The doors are open. The first two thieves are, are let out. Now look, I know Barabbas was probably a tough guy. He's a, he's a murderer. He's a rebel. He leads an insurrection. He's probably a, a tough man. But I'm sure at that point, fear is just gripping his heart. And this is, this is it. This is, this is, this is finally it. I'm, 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 I'm going to be executed. I'm going to be humiliated. The people obviously hate me. They're, they're chanting my name and say, crucify him. But instead of being let out to be crucified, his shackles are undone. The guard looks at him and says, you're free. What, what do you mean I'm free? Did new evidence come to light? I don't know if he said this. He probably just ran. He doesn't know what's going on. He's just like, hey, I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on. But they finally let me go. He's a hardened, hardened criminal. He's a bad man. But he's released with no idea what's happened. I can't imagine what he felt as he left the prison. He probably hung around and said, you know, what's going on here? He probably witnessed Jesus' scourging. He was probably part of the crowd that was gathered around the cross watching him die in his place. Now again, the Bible never mentions Barabbas again. I do not think Barabbas ever got saved. I don't think he ever turned to... I weeping, saying, saying, hey, sucker, you, took, you, you got what I deserved. I don't care if he was innocent. I'm taking my punishment, and I'm glad for that. And he goes and he lives his life however he wants to. But he saw Jesus take the punishment he should have taken. Have you ever thought about how that affected Barabbas? He's locked in jail, condemned to die for crimes he committed, worthy of death. Suddenly he's free. Suddenly he's released. He's got his whole life ahead of him now. He can do whatever he wants to do. He could change his life and live a good life. Don't think he did. He can move to another town and start terrorizing those people. Maybe he did. He could stay in Jerusalem and still be a bad guy. Maybe he did that. But I wanted you to paint, wanted to paint this picture for you because I want you to see an important truth. Whenever we're reading stories in Scripture, we always need to look about who we are in the story. In this story, I am Barabbas. And so are you. And there are three reasons why we are just like Barabbas. Here's number one. Number one, his lineage is mine. Now, as far as I know, and I did a lot of looking the last couple weeks, there is no biography about Barabbas. There's no history book that tells about his life. There's no lineage of his listed in Scripture. We don't know anything about him except his name. But his name tells us a lot. Names in those times were, were very important. They had powerful meaning. They were given for a purpose. His name is made up of two Aramaic words, Bar, which means father, and Rabbis, which means rabbi. Literally translated, his name means son 
of a father. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's a dumb name. Of course he's a son of a father. You know, he's got to have a father. But son of a father literally means son of a rabbi, which tells us his dad was a priest. His dad was a religious teacher. You know what that tells us? Barabbas was probably raised right. His parents taught him right from wrong. He, as a son of a rabbi, he knew the Bible. He would have had to memorize the Scripture by the time he's 12. He would have known what God had said about murder. He would have known what God had said about terrorizing people. He knew right from wrong, but he still ends up in prison. He ignored his teaching. He ignored his conscience. He ignored his lineage and did whatever he wanted to do. How many of us can say we've done the same thing? We know what the Bible says about things, but we just we do what we want to do. We do what makes us feel right. We know what God's view is on gossip. Is there anyone here that thinks God says gossip and slander and sowing discord is fine? No, but we still do it, don't we? Now, we're, we're Christians, so we don't slander and gossip. We pray for so-and-so because of they're going through a tough time. What tough time? Oh, let me tell you. They're, they're doing, so we don't, we don't got, or we, we sow discord. It is amazing to me. Now, I'm not, I don't think anyone here, I don't know of anyone here that's openly sowing discord. If you are, then God help you. If the Holy Spirit's talking to you, that's between you and God. But I know a lot of Christians elsewhere in other churches that are actively trying to hurt other Christians, other churches. Why? They know what the Bible says, or they say they know what the Bible says, but they don't care. They're ignoring their lineage. They're ignoring their conscience and doing what they want to do. We know what the Bible says about envy, but how many of us will scroll through Facebook and Instagram and think, man, I, I, wish, I wish I had that type of family. I wish my husband was as good as that wife's husband. I wish my house was as nice as that lady's house. I wish my kids were as well behaved as those parents' kids. Look, let me tell you, any kids you see on Instagram and Facebook that are well behaved, it is editing. No kid is good. They're all well. Don't show the bad. You know, no one, wait, you know, you see those, uh, I really, I haven't been on, you know, anyway, it's Instagram, Facebook, I don't really pay attention to it, but I, I know there used to be, because there was all kinds of jokes about it, you know, these girls wake up and are like, no filter, just woke up, and you can tell, oh, you may not have a filter on, but you've got so much makeup on, nobody wakes up with their hair that perfect. I, I mean, if you were to wake up and take a picture of April when she first woke up, hair everywhere, eyelashes over everywhere, makeup smeared, like, hey, honey, how you doing? And I'm like, oh, you're so beautiful. And I do think she's beautiful. But, and look, I know better. You, when, I, when I wake up tomorrow morning, my hair's going to be sticking straight up. I'm going oh, to have pillow marks on my face. Probably dog slobber somewhere on me. I'm not, no filter. You're like, oh, well, please filter. Please put a filter on next time. 
But we, we look at people's fake life, we think, man, I wish I, wish I had that. We, in, we know what God says about it, but we do it anyway. We know right from wrong, but we choose wrong over and over and over again, just like Barabbas. His lineage is ours. Second thing, his guilt is mine. There was no doubt in anybody's mind Barabbas was guilty. Majesty. Man, I don't know what I'm going to take. I took his phone. I don't know what else I'm going to take. His guilt is mine, Majesty. There you go. <laughs> I guess he fell asleep back there. There was no doubt in anybody's mind Barabbas was guilty. Somewhere in his past, and look, we don't know his past. I don't know what happened. Look, his dad was a rabbi, but his dad could have been an abuser. His dad could have been a heart hateful. I don't know anything about his dad. But we can't look at his life and say, well, he was mistreated as a kid, so that justifies what he did. No, 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 no. What, I feel bad for the kid that got, had trauma, but that doesn't justify his actions as an adult. He was guilty. He deserved what was coming to him. Somewhere along the road, his life took a drastic turn. He chose to ignore his conscience. He chose to ignore what God had commanded. And he chose a life of sin and rebellion. He was rightfully found guilty and he was justly condemned to death because of his crimes. Just like him, I am guilty of sin and rebellion against God the Father. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Again, look at that. Look at the Greek. The word all in Greek means all. All means all. And that's all all means. It doesn't all have sinned except if you were raised in a deacon's home. For all have sinned unless you tried real hard. For all have sinned unless you attended church faithfully every Sunday that you could. No, no, no. For all have sinned. I am guilty of rebellion. You are guilty. Father, we deserve the condemnation that is coming to us. No matter how much you know, right? are as guilty as Barabbas. Now, look, you may not have killed anyone, I hope. And if they, you did, I hope they deserved it. I'm whatever. But you may not have killed anyone. You may not have murdered anyone. But you're just as guilty as Barabbas was. His lineage is mine. His guilt is mine. And thirdly, his future is mine. Typically, when you, in this time period, when you were sentenced to death, you, you died pretty quickly afterwards. A few days later, you would be sentenced to death and then you would be executed. Now today... You can sit on death row for, for decades before the executions carried out. But typically at this time, you went from the courtroom to the gallows very quickly. Now because of the time period, because of the religious holidays during this week, Barabbas, they waited. This paints a picture for us today. We are guilty in our sin. And we, because of our guilt are waiting for the coming judgment. 
Nahum chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says, The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and the Lord will in no way acquit the guilty. Nahum says, look, you're guilty? God is going to judge you for your guilt. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. While sitting in a cell, Barabbas knew his future. He was going to die. And he deserved it. God keeps his word. We are guilty. We have been sentenced to death and one day face the judgment until Jesus shows up. If it wasn't for Jesus, Barabbas would have been executed that day. If it wasn't for Jesus, he'd have gone to the Golgotha. He'd have hung on that, that middle cross. He'd have done But Jesus showed up. Because of Jesus, Barabbas, though he's guilty, is set free. Because of Jesus, Barabbas, though he deserved to die, lives. Because of Jesus, his charges are dropped, his guilt is removed, and he is no longer condemned. When Jesus came to Barabbas, came into Barabbas' life, the prison doors are opened. The shackles are removed and He walks out free. When you accept Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection as payment for your sins, the same thing happens to you. It happened in 1996 when I put my He took my condemnation. He was found guilty for my sins, for my crimes. I was freed. My condemnation was removed. He took the punishment I should have taken. He took my sin and gave me His righteousness. He took my prison sentence and gave me freedom. Jesus took Barabbas' cross that day, but he was also bearing my cross. He died instead of Barabbas, but he died in my place. He took the punishment I should have taken. Gordon Jensen wrote a song. Some of you probably know it. I should have been crucified. How many of y'all know that story? I should have been crucified. Incredible lyrics. It says, I was guilty with nothing to say, and they were coming to take me away. When a voice from heaven was heard that said, let him go and take me instead. Oh, I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in disgrace. But Jesus, God's Son, took my place. Barabbas is not just a random guy in the story of the crucifixion. He's not just a footnote to like, oh yeah, this, this had to happen to, to make... Barabbas is the story of us. His story is my story. I was guilty. I was condemned. I should have been crucified. But because of Jesus, I was set free.
Because of Jesus, I am seen as not guilty. Jesus did it all for me. He died in my place. He did for me what I could never do when He saved me. As we prepare for Easter, don't forget our place in the Easter story. We are Barabbas. And without Him, without Jesus, we are hopeless, we are condemned, and we are doomed. But thank God, Jesus came for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for listening to this message from New Grace Baptist Church. For more information about New Grace, check out our website at www.reachingroanoke.com.